Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Rutland. And this is your Planning Planning Time. Time. Episode 7. Today we're going to talk about advocating in the classroom. So our last episode we talked a lot about being yourself. And I think it was really interesting that we really found out that trusting ourselves and looking through a lens that is that we are already whole and our kids are already whole was powerful. Um, so we really, and I know I've been working really hard since that episode to not look at things through that deficit model and it's changed my week. How about you? Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, I think we were talking today at lunch and I was telling Teresa about the things that I would normally be stressing over. So almost sprinting to related arts to pick up my kids because I was running copies and trying to get things together with every minute that I had. Normally I would be beating myself up and saying, oh, why are you not a good teacher? Why can't you be on time? Why aren't you prepared? Why aren't you calm? But that that was really good teaching. I was doing my best. I, in that moment, I was running copies and preparing and running to get the kids and then everything was good and we got back and I didn't have the extra barrier of viewing myself from a deficit perspective. And I would bet that those copies that you were running probably was responsive teaching. And right. so I think, you know, you can be organized and have everything printed ahead of time, but maybe I would challenge that. Are you being responsive then in what kids need? And sometimes, yes, absolutely. And yeah. sometimes... I think it's, hey, I really need to print this for five minutes from now because of a conversation I had with a kid, and I know that this is going to be the thing. So um, today we're going to take that being yourself, and then we want to share it. We're talking about advocating in the classroom, being um, teacher leaders and advocates for kids, for our profession, and what are the things we can do? How do we do that? This is a burning question I've had for a long time, and I'm growing in it, but I know I have a lot to learn on it too. So um, some of the things that I think when we're talking about this mind sh- mindset shift, it's um, being a teacher leader, according to Ed Week anyway, and, and I do agree, is or an advocate is someone who sees the bigger picture ask questions, problem solves, and imagines possibilities. So these to me are the people, this is who I want to be. I want to not complain and say all the things that are wrong, but figure out what can we do and make change happen. Uh, so I think being an advocate and a teacher leader to me means just that. Let's talk solutions. Yeah, and for myself, uh, in my second year of teaching, I think, a lot of like I'm looking at um, this definition that Ed Edwig gives of an advocate or what an advocate would look like in the classroom and so seeing the bigger picture, asking questions. Those are the things that I think a lot of us who, well, I guess it's everyone, whether you've been in the classroom for just a few years or or ten years or fifteen years. I think that's so hard to see the bigger picture while living in the smaller picture. Because in your classroom, it's it's you and your kids, and it's you know that's the world for the day. So it's so hard to put your energy into seeing the bigger picture um, while you're consumed by not in a bad way, but consumed by your little vacuum of classroom. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the struggles that I've had with this, and we'll look at it in a, in a little bit. 
but you know, we are busy people. Yeah. And so how do we stay informed? And um, I feel like I've got a few answers on that from my looking, researching and studying thus far. Um, but I think the number one thing for this advocate thing is to be brave. And I think it goes really along with what we talked about every episode. I feel like if you've listened along with us, you've hopefully, as we have grown in understanding that our purpose and our beliefs are ones that we have got to remain and hold tight to. And then I feel like this is being brave and sharing those beliefs and living into our beliefs. But it's easy to say, and I can tell you in my journey in 11 years, I feel like I've had some very full circle moments where I'm coming back to living those beliefs. I can't honestly say yet that I have I could tell you an entire year where I've held fast to my beliefs the entire year without faltering. Mm. Um, But I can tell you that as I've progressed, I've stuck closer and closer to them and I've done better at challenging myself to revisit. But I guess I, I say all that to mean that once you're strong in your beliefs, be brave. Be brave to hold to them, but also be brave to listen to different perspectives. This 2018 Teacher of the Year, Rutland, you're going to just love her. I, I love her. I don't know you, Mandy <laughs> Manning. But I love um, you. But I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so she, um, I believe she still teaches this, you know, two, as of 2018, she was teaching at the um, Newcomer Center at Joel E. Ferris High School in Spokane, Washington. <laughs> and so she's teaching refugee students from countries all over the world, wow. um, from Syria, Mexico, Sudan. Um, and her big thing was to help make them feel safe. They've come through this process that does not necessarily make them feel valued. Um, they've had a difficult time. And so she said the biggest thing she did to be brave was to what she calls other herself, right? So putting herself in a situation where nobody looks like you, acts like you, speaks you like you, or thinks like you. And the perspective that you gain and the challenge of your perception, I think, is amazing Mm. because ours is not the only way, she says. And so I think being brave makes you – part of it is putting yourself out there in a way to understand different perspectives – and that way you can really form something you're proud of and that you feel like you could be courageous for. Yeah. Yeah, so seeking first to understand and then to be understood is what I'm hearing that Mandy Manning is chalking up as as brave. And I think brave means a lot of different things in a lot of different situations, but in in teaching and in this situation, definitely being brave is seeking first to understand the world around you before having the world understand who you are. And I think you can be even more courageous if you have taken time to see through different eyes because then you can, I think, stand more steadily on your beliefs. Mm. Um, And, you know, taking those courageous stands that are contrary – contrary to the best interests of students. Like, let's let's stand up for them. Let's say this is not – what's best. How to do that, I think, is going to look different. I think one of the ways, um, let's start kind of small because that's kind of where, where I am right now is, is really just kind of baby stepping into this advocacy, to be honest, to where I'd like to be. Um, but I think starting small is sort of 
just sharing the things you do in the classroom that you believe in. And I think you could do that even on social media. Um, I think you could definitely do it on your team and absolutely to parents. Because if we're advocating for the best ways we believe to reach and teach children, if we're keeping it to ourselves, that's not advocacy. Right. And I think you become... Oh, I think I, I need to be careful about how I pick my words, but you become easy to debate if you're not taking a stand that this is what you believe in. So my first thought right now is is um, spelling lists and spelling tests. So for someone who is very supportive of or is a proponent of spelling tests, they're they will give them and obviously someone who doesn't may not but if a parent approaches you or a administrator approaches you or if anyone asked you why you were or were not doing spelling tests in your room i think if you didn't come back at that statement with or at that question with because this is what i believe then all of a sudden the waters get very murky and and you're it seems like it's an arbitrary decision. But but the truth is, as teachers, we did spend a lot of time in deciding how we want to teach, what we believe, and we should be fluent in the language that can communicate why we believe what we believe. And we should be fluent in expressing that to, to people and finding the root cause for why we believe that. So maybe it takes a little bit of self-discovery. Maybe it takes a little bit of digging deeper. But I think the payoff is you can communicate to other people that this is why I'm doing what I'm doing in my classroom and I believe in it. And I think that's really hard for anyone to debate against, especially if, if the person that you're talking to is not an educator. I don't go to a doctor and say, why do you give this test a certain way? Because they're a doctor and I trust them. Mm -hmm. But if I asked them and they said, I don't know, well, then I would have a lot of questions. And I think you're right. I think that's why it links so much to to the beliefs that we have. Because if we are strong in that and and we're willing to take that other perspective. So maybe instead of or maybe asking, so why do you feel like I should? Mm. Like what do you feel like is missing if I don't give those spelling tests? And maybe then I can also understand where you're coming from in your perspective. And then I can show you what I'm doing that's building them in that way. Or maybe I'll say, you know what? I could see your concern here, but I think maybe this way might be a better approach and I can work with this kid in this way. So I think there's, I think that's the power of um, having those conversations and being open um, with parents too. Yeah. Because if we sit down and I come not knowing and I, let's, you know, stick with the spelling and you show me kind of why you're doing what you're doing and I share my concern and you show me how this is helping or what you're doing to help, then I'm going to take that on and I'm going to talk at the baseball game about what I found out. Right. I mean, I'm a parent as well as a teacher and those conversations absolutely happen. And I think that teachers who take the time to communicate more um, and advocate for their choices tend to have a ripple effect in the community of those are the people that are seen as experts because they've taken the time to share. They've made it parent-friendly with their, their conversation. They've invited parents in to see the types of things that kids are doing. Um, so to me, I want to pull back. I used to do a, a more 
I used to do more, I think, with inviting parents in. And I'm newer at this school, so it's time now, though this is challenging me. It's time to decide at least one or two more times in this year that I'll invite parents in, um, allow them maybe if they want to come in the first little bit of the day to watch our conversations maybe, um, inviting them in part so that that we are advocating in the community that way. I think this is this is a piece that I'm being pulled to do from our conversation. Yeah. And I think it's important that we point out that the focus, at least in this little segment of the conversation, is on parents because, you know, that is our, can I say that's our clientele? Like those are, those are the people whose opinions matter most of, of what, it is that we're doing. And those are the people, um, whether it's true or factual or not, that's the perception that is going to spread um, about us as teachers and whether we're seen as professionals or, or not. And I would say, to build on what you're saying, that it they are, but just as much their kids are too. Oh, Right? So our kids can very much be advocates if they're going home and talking about what we're doing in the classroom and that they're excited. Um, And then, you know, we get the benefit of that. But I I think another part of this advocating is getting connected. And that is so much. We start with parents. Like if we seriously get to know and connect with parents and utilize those connections, we can bring so much more of a rich education for the kids um, and so much more support. I mean, if they know how to support their child from home or if they're, you know, able to echo some of the things that we're doing or, you know, share a different strategy and know that it's honored and valued in our classroom too, um, those are powerful, powerful things. Even just to have a separate set of hands in your room that's helping maybe edit work during a writer's workshop. Right. That's another adult-child relationship that's formed in a positive way. And I think it does take fabulous communication. Um, but this getting connected is can be bigger. And I think that's where I know I personally also, you know, I mean, this is kind of about our conversation that re- leads to growth. So this idea of developing your own community of practice based on your interests, passions, and goals. Like there's no doubt that a small group of people can change the world, right? Yeah. Like-minded individuals can change the world. That yeah. quote um, that I am paraphrasing. Um, but, like, I want to develop that community, and I want that community to take courageous stands on education for the power of good. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? It is. It's, you know, I think I remember being in my, like, teacher preparation in college and just hearing from everyone that I talked to, every teacher that I talked to while I was in Um, my student teaching and so on, everyone always saying, you got to find your people. You have to find your people. And I think I thought that that meant finding people that were positive, not negative to encourage you. And that is part of it. But hearing this has made me think you have to find your people that are going to challenge you and push you and also develop you and develop the common good together along with you and finding your community um, like you said developing your community so it's it's a give and take with your quote-unquote people a give and take of of making your world better 
like today. Today I had some unplanned planning time that our administration is giving us to give us some extra time, which is fabulous. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> and it was awesome. I just kind of knocked on Rutland's door and he was nice enough to let me in and listen in on a conversation that him and his kids were doing or were having rather, I'm sorry about some song lyrics. And it was a deep, awesome, thoughtful conversation. And I just thought in that moment, like, you're one of my people, (laughs) you know, and to find people that truly align with your beliefs, I think is a difficult feat because it also takes getting vulnerable and having the conversations that you and I have had about education and, and what we believe and challenging each other and, um, growing together. And, being able to be in his room was amazing because then I brought back so much in my room. Um, and I told my kids, I said, I just heard the most powerful conversation. I can't wait to share these song lyrics with you and see what you guys come up with. And it just causes, it just puts you on fire for teaching. I think when you find your people. Yeah. Well, it does. And, and seeing other people, I don't think anything gets me more motivated than seeing someone that I respect and am in alignment with teach and like seeing like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Oh, I need to do that. That is so motivating for me personally to see like, oh, that's working. I want to go do, do what they do. But I do think it's important to say that this started like your, your the benefits that you got from being in my room only happened because... If you think about what Teresa just said, sacrificing, giving up, unplanned planning time, or what do they what do we call it? Yeah, that was it, I think. Yeah. So giving up that planning time where you could have easily done your newsletter or graded or caught up on whatever. So the fact that you were willing to put that to the side to take it upon yourself to go be in someone else's classroom, you know, like you're being intentional about collaboration. And I think that is, is part it definitely is, is a cycle um, and I think that's part of it and so by collaborating with others and seeing others and giving yourself opportunities or creating opportunities to go see your people I guess is the term we keep coming back to mm-hmm. giving yourself opportunities to see your people teach I think pays so many benefits to you in the end so you need to find your people in a space and negotiate the space and the time mm see your people, find your people. Yeah. <laughs> Love your people. <laughs> Hang out with your people. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, this idea we've sort of said with advocating, we want to see the bigger picture. We want to be brave. We want to get connected. Um, and we want to take it public. There's a few like practical things that I kind of needed because I'm in this stage now. I want to poise myself to be able to step into more of a public advocacy role. And I want to be very clear that no matter what I'm advocating for, students are always at the center. And I want to make positive change for kids, bottom line. Um, but I think the practical pieces are to determine what issues matter to you most. And and that's a seems like maybe a no-brainer to some of you, but I can try to take on the world sometimes. Yeah. And so looking at what are the biggest pieces to me that are the most important and to get informed then, you know, read, collect information, seek 
um, information from others that you know, find mentors, and then um, speak with the people it affects too. So this is this part with parents that I think often gets left out in families. I don't know, maybe this happens more than I think, but I, I know it would be nice. I'd like to meet with my families a little more and find out, okay, so tell me what's working for you. What do you feel like? What do you want? How can I help in that way? Um, so I think that would be really powerful communication. But then take your strong and informed stance. Mm. Um, most likely this is probably going to come out of personal experience. So don't lose that story. Story is so important. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about those? Those are practical practices that I know I'm looking at. And I'm sure our listeners will hear because as we are investigating, as we already have done those issues that matter, we will be speaking to everyone yeah. with our podcast on it <laughs> yeah i think the practical pieces is the perfect word for what we're talking about because as i'm hearing you speak to these things i don't think that i have ever like sat down and made a list of what are the most important things or what are the top things in order that i would advocate for for my profession and that's a problem Mm-hmm. I just get so caught up in the day to day and just doing my best and doing my best and doing my best and and focusing only on that and staying within myself that I I don't think about that, but I need to. You know, we I think I said earlier I just there's there's no one besides teachers that are sitting around thinking or it doesn't seem like there's many people sitting around talking about how to advocate for teachers except for teachers. So mm. it is a shared responsibility. Wow, you're making me think we need to set up some kind of a think tank or something. That might be a really cool event to have. Yeah. Hmm, I like it. Um, and I do think that, you know, then you get to the sharing part of this. How are you going to share this? So that's where, you know, you can share with parents. And this is maybe kind of the think tank we're talking about. Like, what if we picked two or three issues that we felt were very pertinent to education and we had a think tank come meet and talk and a conversation, whatever you want to call it, a, um, I don't know, what's another word for it? Um, a gathering of, <laughs> of minds. <laughs> a meeting. We need to have a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And this is the part I have never done. I will be honest to say I have never done this, and I am going to challenge myself to push myself to do this, but it's to contact legislators. I have not done that. Um, Now, again, I will make sure that no matter what, I am carrying this very, very well because I do believe that if you are taking a position, you are serving as a role model for your community. So I do think it's very important to carry yourself with that knowledge and to be informed of um, policies in your district, po- policies of your employer. In no way am I personally trying to buck the system. Yeah. I want to work within the system to help promote and help advocate for the best possible education for our, our students. Um, so, you know, I'm interested. I, I believe and, you know... As our 2018 Teacher of the Year, Miss Mandy Manning, says, I believe that, you know, real change, that life happens outside of your comfort zone. And so um, I'm wanting to push, and again, another quote she says, I'm wanting to push myself out of that, that if the decisions that are being made are negatively impacting our kids, we cannot sit idly by, even if it means we're going to face challenges in the 
community. Mm. So let's simmer on that thought. Let's think. I'm going to read it one more time. And then maybe we wrap this episode up with what we feel like that means and maybe what we feel like maybe those issues bubbling up yeah. that are important. Does that feel good? Okay. So again, it it was... If the decisions that are being made are negatively impacting our kids, we cannot sit idly by, even if it means we're going to face challenges in the community and life happens outside of your comfort zone. So what might those challenges look like in a teacher's community? Like the chal- I guess we have to first identify what the resistance would be mm. so that we can become less scared of it and more willing to advocate. So the first thing that I can think about, um, my first initial fear when I think about advocating and putting myself out there and getting out of my comfort zone, I think my first fear is not being taken seriously or being made to feel stupid while you're doing it. I, I think my my worst case scenario, I would complain about something and, and it would turn out that I was misinformed on a policy or something mm. and I would feel so, I would feel dumb, I think, if I did that. And that's what stops me from, from advocating and from reaching out because I don't want to feel like I'm not intelligent enough to make a change and I think you know my personal ignorance about kind of the workings of the state government in this too plays in for me because I feel like that holds me back a lot I'm not really sure what I should do especially when I see these bills being posted and I see different you know (laughs) different comments on it and it's like I don't know where the truth of this lies Mm. And so I often don't jump in on that conversation. So what I'm going to do because of that is I'm going to decide my big issues and obviously do my research um, more so to put together a concise argument and maybe share that separately. I mean, I, I don't know... Well, you know what? I guess that's where our connections really, you know, if we, and I know there's SC. SC for Ed. For Ed, right? That is a connect, um, definitely a place to kind of connect. And um, so maybe that's kind of the the second step. Like once you find out what's important, reaching out to those people that have been having those conversations. And we do have somebody in our building that I'm hoping to have on our podcast to help us in that way. Yeah. Um, And so hopefully... Uh, we can get Dr. Thompson to come and talk with us and help us know a little bit more on ways that we can advocate more at that um, government, you know, state government level. In a way that's meaningful. Yes. I don't want to complain. Like I am, I I come with solutions, not problems. That's That's my, that that was going to be my next fear. That was, that was the next thing that I was going to list is a reason why I wouldn't is I don't want to add to the noise. There are some teacher advocacy groups on Facebook and and in other places where the things that are said are valid, the things that are said are problems, 
there's so many and you see them all in one place and you get it's easy to get so defeated and and you know and we are well aware that the little bit of free time that we have outside of teaching definitely impacts how we are in the classroom so i i don't want to sometimes it's easier to avoid that whole entire avenue of advocacy because you get flooded with positivity so i think you definitely have to have um an intentional mindset going into approaching this to not let the noise um, become too much and to not let all of the water get into your boat. That's a lot of what I've learned through our seven episodes thus far is that really it is holding true to what you believe and putting on your armor in a way that protects you from what pulls you off that path? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and, and it can be something as easy as that, that negativity that you might see right. um, that can pull you down. Oh, yeah, I feel that way too. Next thing you know, you're building on all the reasons. And really, it's just trying to, what is it, confirmation bias, right? right like, we're just right. trying, we're confirming each other and mm-hmm. we're not moving anywhere. So that's what we're trying to go against. And so I think the best way is, again, if you're connected and you find your people, and I think some of our people have to be people that understand that way of advocating in a more yeah. public setting, you know, yeah. because then you have that power, that like-mindedness, and you also have the understanding of what that means um, in the grand scheme and choosing what your pieces are to the puzzle um, day-to-day, sharing the beautiful things that happen and be willing maybe to set up something to where you can have conversations, true, real conversations about things that are difficulties. Um, I don't know. I, I feel inspired. I feel inspired to really, I guess, go from my beliefs and look at the practices that, I mean, I already have some that come to mind. No, grading to me. Testing. Um, testing to me. Um I think there's better ways. Yeah. And so those to me are pretty, pretty solid, strong things that I know I'll want to advocate for, but I've never thought of putting it into like some kind of concise story to really share with somebody. I think the challenge to do that, if nothing, I mean, is going to help you grow. If nothing else, it's going to help you know what you believe, why you believe it and really make you think what's the change that's needed and what else, what's another possibility. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? It is. It is. For I definitely feel more prepared to take on the challenge of, of being an advocate. I especially hearing you like just review those three parts now. I'm thinking to myself how each part is just as important as the next. And you know, if I was just on Facebook complaining and airing all the problems, then I would not be helping. I would just be complaining. But if I'm making people aware of the challenges that teachers face and at the same time making sure that I'm getting involved and connected with my community and my people around me and at the same time taking the right steps to put myself in situations where I have more opportunities to share uh, what I'm facing in the classroom and what other teachers are facing, I think you do all of those things together and they all work together really nicely to create um, a challenge that is laid out in a way that's more doable, I guess. That's all well, and you get to, doable. Well, and I think you get to do sort of what 
um, we kind of started this with 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 uh, understanding the big picture. Like that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're seeing the big picture and we're able to ask questions, problem solve, and imagine possibilities. When we do all those things, we invite those other perspectives in, even those perspectives that challenge us because yeah. that's how we get uncomfortable to make those wise decisions yeah. together. Um, I hope that listening you maybe got some idea of what your step is next for advocating um, and we will talk later on about more public um, advocacy with the help of more expert yeah. um, individuals I think that would be fabulous but I know I'm walking away thinking I know what my next step is actually yeah I don't know this has been wonderful thank you so much for spending your planning time with us